Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 161. It is Monday, July 6, 2020. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and some companies are now reporting ransomware attacks as data breaches. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. All right, another exciting Monday in COVID-19 land. Wherever you're listening to this, if you could like, review, comment, or share, that would be spectacular. We would greatly appreciate it. And if you're in a HIPAA-compliant business, you can now join our our Facebook or LinkedIn group. They're both called Get HIPAA Compliance. Join those groups and learn all you need to learn about HIPAA because, well, let's face it, you need to know it if you're in that business. All right, let's jump in. First up from F5, from CISA, but F5. F5 releases security advisor for big IPTMUIRCE vulnerability being tracked as CVE 2020-5902. F5 has released a security advisory to address a remote code execution vulnerability, again tracked as CVE 2020-5902, in the big IP traffic management user interface. An attacker could exploit this vulnerability to take control of the affected system. Um, A little more detail on this, there is already a proof of concept and there is already remediation for this um, so you can upgrade and r- repair it, but proof of concept means that people are already actively exploiting it. So t- make sure you take care of it right away. Also from the CISA, Samba releases security updates. The Samba team has released security updates to address vulnerabilities in multiple versions of Samba. An attacker could exploit some of these vulnerabilities to take control of an affected system. These are being tracked. There are four CVEs here. So we have CVE 2020, 10730, 10745, 10760, and 14303. Uh, there are updates to address these issues, so please make sure you patch Samba if you are using Samba in your environment. All right, on securityaffairs.co, Soto ransomware operators hit electrical grid company light s.a. I uh, don't know what the S.A. stands for. I would assume South America. It is in Brazil. So Soda Nakibi Ransomware, a.k.a. Revel. Operators are demanding a $14 million ransom from Brazilian-based electrical energy company Light S.A. Soda Nakibi Ransomware, a.k.a. Revel. Operators have breached the Brazilian-based electrical energy company Light S.A. and are demanding $14 million ransom. The company issued comments to a local newspaper confirming the attack. Light SA admitted the intrusion to a local newspaper, but it did not provide technical details of the security breach or disclose the type of ransomware that affected its systems. The company claims to have been the victim of a virus attack, but what motivated this attack has been kept confidential. Hackers have invaded the system and sent a virus that encrypts all Windows system files, reads the post published to the newspaper. Researchers at AppGate have analyzed a sample of the malware allegedly employed in the attack, linked it to, and linked it to Soda Nukibi ransomware. Um, so, uh, I'm sharing this. You know, it's Brazil, so it doesn't really impact the U.S., but it, it in a way, it does because it is the electrical grid, and if they can hit the electrical grid in um, Brazil, 
then they can hit it here too and may have already done so who knows um, because we probably wouldn't get the details of that if it did happen on um, bleeping computer companies start reporting ransomware attacks as data breaches as I've been saying for probably a few months now this is what needs to happen Corporate victims are finally starting to realize that ransomware attacks are data breaches and have begun to notify employees and clients about data stolen. A tactic used by almost all enterprise targeting ransomware is to steal unencrypted files before encrypting a breach network. The threat actors then use these stolen files as leverage by threatening to leak or sell the data if a ransom is not paid. If a victim does not pay the ransom, the threat actors will publicly post the data on data leak sites creating to shame the victim. This tactic is being conducted by almost all ransomware operators, including Maze, Revel, Netwalker, Doppelpamer, Klopp, Ragnarlocker, and Nephilim, oh, Nephilim, AKO, and others. The data stolen in these attacks can be damaging to a company as it commonly includes financials, trade secrets, unpublished reports, and emails, and client information, which is not in this article. I can also, though, it can also, though, be a massive problem for employees whose social security numbers, passports, medical records, termination letters, bank accounts, salary information, and more are stolen in these attacks. Unfortunately, many companies choose to sweep ransomware attacks under the rug and do not adequately disclose that personal data was stolen even to employees who were affected. Numerous times in the past, employees of ransomware attacks have contacted Bleepit Computer to learn more about what was stolen in an attack because the company they work for was denying it. Can you share what was stolen? We were just told that there were IT problems and they were denying any attack. An employee of a breached company asked Bleeping Computer. Another employee contacted, uh, contacted us after a company was hit with a ransomware attack where data was stolen and told us that their company was not providing any information. Any information. I have not received any word from anyone from the data breach management. has been very quiet. Another employee told Bleeping Computer in an email. The the denial of stolen data is not fair to employees as the attackers could use their stolen personal information for identity theft and fraud. If an employee does not know what happened, they have no way to protect themselves. The good news is that corporate victims are finally starting to issue data breach notifications when affected by a ransomware attack. In addition, most of them offer free credit monitoring and identity theft protection to affected employees and clients so that they can be alerted if their data is used publicly or for fraud. Um, that actually in the states that have data protection laws in place, I'm pretty sure almost all of them require that now. So something to think about if you're in a state that has a data protection law, data breach notification laws, like California has the CCPA, New York has the shield law and so forth, then you, they almost always require that the credit monitoring is offered to impacted victims. They do have a list of a few of the recent data breach notifications. So you have RailWorks, U.S. Railroad Contractor reports data breach after ransomware attack. ExecuFarm, which we talked about, CLOP ransomware leaks ExecuFarm's files after failed ransom. Magellan Health, which we've talked about a few times. And Cognizant, which we've also talked about a few times. Those companies who issue data breach notifications should be lauded for not only doing what they're supposed to under privacy laws, but also doing the right thing by their employees. Those victims who continue to hide their ransomware attacks should follow suit, not only for the benefit of their company, but also their employees. And it's usually discovered anyway, so just do the right thing. 
Also on bleeping computers, Windows 10 2004 breaks OneDrive connectivity for some users. Microsoft says that some users might experience OneDrive connectivity issues after updating their devices to Windows 10 version 2004 or enabling files on demand in OneDrive. OneDrive is a Microsoft file hosting and synchronization service that allows users to access their cloud storage files in Windows 10's File Explorer without actually taking any drive space with the help of the Files On Demand feature. Some older devices or devices with apps using legacy file system filter drivers might be unable to connect to OneDrive via the OneDrive app according to Microsoft. Affected devices might not be able to download new files on demand or open previously synced downloaded files, Microsoft explains. Users of devices impacted by this bug might receive the following error. OneDrive cannot connect to Windows. Files on demand require a connection to Windows in order to show your files without taking up space on this device. OneDrive can keep trying to connect to Windows or you can choose to download all your files. You won't be able to use online-only files until this is fixed. While OneDrive's connectivity is broken on affected devices, customers can still access their files through the OneDrive website or the OneDrive mobile app. However, as Microsoft further explains, Files manually downloaded from OneDrive webpage will not be synced automatically and will need to be uploaded manually. While Microsoft initially recommended rolling back the May 2020 update, version 2004, until a resolution for this issue is available, the company now provides workarounds to re-enable OneDrive connectivity. Microsoft has released a troubleshooter to affected Windows 10 version 2004 devices designed to automatically restore access to files on, on download, on demand, sorry. Depending on user settings, the troubleshooter might run automatically. Redmond's support document explains if you're prompted to run the troubleshooter, it is recommended that you allow it to run. If you could, if you get a could not be run message for the critical troubleshooter with the title hardware and devices, your Windows 10 device is not affected by the files on demand issue. You can also manually fix OneDrive connectivity if their Windows 10 2004 impacted by following these steps. So you have select the start button and type CMD, which is short for command prompt, right click or long press on command prompt and then select run as administrator, type or copy and paste the following command into the command prompt and it's reg space add space hklm backslash system backslash current control set backslash services backslash cld flt backslash instances space forward slash AFF, space forward slash V, space default instance, space forward slash T, space REG underscore SZ, all caps, space slash D, space parentheses CLD FLT parentheses. Restart your device after the command has completed. To verify files on demand is still enabled, right click on long press on or long press on the long drive icon in the notification area. Select Settings. In the Settings dialog, verify the save space and download files as you see them is enabled. Then select the OK button. If you are using more than a single OneDrive account within the app or are using both OneDrive Personal and OneDrive for Business, you will need to repeat the steps 5 and 6 for each account. OneDrive app should now connect and run as expected. Microsoft is currently investigating this issue and is working on a fix that will be provided to all affected users in an upcoming update. Now this is on bleeping computers, so if you want to go through those steps in writing, it is on bleepingcomputer.com. And we do have some HIPAA breaches to report. Healthcare Fiscal Management Inc., HFMI, a Wilmington, North Carolina-based provider of self-pay conversion and insurance eligibility services to hospitals, clinics, and physician groups has experienced a ransomware attack in which the personal and protected health information of patients of St. Mary's Healthcare System 
in Athens, Georgia may have been accessed or obtained by the attackers. An unauthorized individual gained access to HFMI systems on April 12th and deployed a ransomware payload the following day, which encrypted data on its systems. The systems accessed by the attacker were found to be to contain the personal and protected health information of patients who received health care services at St. Mary's between November 2019 and April 2020. In total, the data of approximately 58,000 patients may have been accessed and obtained by the attackers, although data data access theft could not be confirmed. The PHI stored on the com compromised systems was limited to names, dates of birth, social security numbers, account numbers, medical record numbers, and dates of service. HFMI had prepared for such an event and had viable backups that were used to restore data and same day, the same day to a different hosting provider and a forensic investigation firm was engaged to investigate the breach. The forensic investigators confirmed the data is not in the possession of the attackers and is not accessible over the internet. Security experts have been reviewing security controls and based on their recommendations, steps will be taken to strengthen security. HFMI has offered all affected individuals complimentary credit monitoring and identity theft protection services as a precaution against identity theft and fraud. Russellville, Arkansas-based Friendship Community Care, a nonprofit provider of care for adults and children with disabilities, fell victim to phishing attack in January 2020. The breach was discovered on February 4, 2020, when suspicious activity was detected in an employee's email account. Forensic investigators assisted with the investigation and determined on February 5th that an unauthorized individual had gained access to the email account, but further investigation revealed several Office 365 email accounts had been compromised using credentials obtained in the phishing attack. FCC, which is short for Friendship Community Care, this is not the Federal Communication Commission, learned on February 7th that the email accounts contained protected health information. A comprehensive review of the email accounts confirmed that the PHI of 9,745 individuals may have been accessed, although no evidence was found to suggest emails were viewed or obtained by the attacker. The compromised accounts contained names, addresses, dates of birth, social security numbers, client ID numbers, Medicare IDs, Medicaid IDs, employee ID numbers, patient numbers, medical information, driver's license numbers, state ID card numbers, student ID numbers, financial account information, mother's maiden names, birth certificates, marriage certificates, disability codes, and facial photographs. Affected individuals have been offered complimentary credit monitoring and identity protection services. A review of the email security was conducted and steps are being taken to enhance security to prevent similar breaches in the future. So a few things I can tell you right off the bat. Number one, they did not follow 60-day breach notification rules. Number two, they're not, um, there is no phishing mitigation going on with this company. There's no training. There's no two-factor authentication. Uh, so a very poor job on whoever handles their IT. Now, it is a nonprofit, and I know nonprofits typically don't have the resources all the time, but um, somebody needs to help them out. Claremont, North Carolina based, not a good week for, or not a good day for North Carolina. Claremont, North Carolina based Choice Health Management Services, a provider of rehab services and an operator of several nursing homes in North and South Carolina, has experienced an email security breach affecting employees and current and former patients. The security breach was detected in late 2019 when suspicious activity was detected in email accounts of some of its employees. An internal investigation was launched, which determined on January 17th that the email accounts of 17 employees geez, had been subjected to unauthorized access. Since it was not possible to determine which emails and or email attachments had been opened by the attackers, a third-party firm was engaged to assist with the investigation. 
While the review concluded on May 27, 2020, that the compromise accounts contained sensitive information, it was unclear which facilities affected individuals had visited for treatment. It took until May 12th to tie those individuals to a particular facility. The compromised accounts contain a wide range of sensitive information, including names, dates of birth, social security numbers, driver's license numbers, passport numbers, credit card information, financial account information, employer identification number, username and password, or associated security questions, email address with password or associated security questions, date of service, provider name, medical record number, patient number, medical information, diagnostic or treatment information, surgical information, medications, and or health insurance information. Notifications have been sent to affected patients and steps have been taken to improve security to prevent future data breaches. On the OCR breach portal, it's saying 11,650 people were impacted by this. Um, again, no 60-day breach notification, but 17 accounts compromised. That is a little ridiculous, to be honest with you. The Houston, Texas federally qualified health center legacy community health is notifying approximately 19,000 patients that some of their protected health information may have been accessed by an unauthorized individual who gained access to the email account of one of its employees on april 10th an employee responded to an email believing it to be a legitimate request and disclosed credentials that allowed their account to be accessed that is phishing 101 and um that means there is no training going on here the breach was discovered on April 16th, and the email account was immediately secured. Assisted by third-party computer forensics firm, Legacy Community Health confirmed the breach was limited to one email account, which was found to contain patient names, dates of service, and health information related to the care provider provided at its clinics. The investigation into the breach is ongoing, and notifications will soon be sent to all individuals whose information has been exposed at this time. No evidence has been found to suggest any patient information was obtained or misused. Legacy Community Health has taken steps to improve email security and has enabled multi-factor authentication, a little too little too late, on its email accounts. Further training has also been provided, again, a little too little too late, to help them identify, help staff identify and avoid phishing emails. So some failures here on a few healthcare providers on how to teach your employees to recognize phishing emails and setting up two-factor or multi-factor authentication I'm going to go out on a limb here and assume that July will be the month of email breaches again. That is going to do it for this episode of the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. So until tomorrow, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure.